We are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. So we've been answering these questions. Why do we need church? Have you ever thought of that? Why, why do we need church? Um, what is the church? What is the church? And how can I personally be a part of the church? Now, when I say that word church, most of us think of a building we go to on Sundays such as this. We think church as Hey, Fuel Church, that's where I go. And uh, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than Sundays. It's so much more than the brick and the mortar and the lights and the wood and the drywall and the concrete. It's so much more than that. Church is, according to God's word, it is a place to belong. Someone say belong. belong. And here at Fuel Church, you belong before you believe. And you belong before you behave. Go ahead and nudge your hubby right now. You ain't been behaving. Anyway, you belong. You belong. It's a place to connect. Someone say connect. I'm an audience participation preacher, so if you're new here and wondering why he's asking us to talk, it's just what I do, so work with me. We'll get through it faster. It's a place to connect. It's a place of community and spiritual growth. The church the church. Um, It's a body, someone say body, of like-minded people that are on a spiritual journey to become. Someone say become. Become. We ain't there yet. Come on now. We haven't arrived yet. We're on the journey, but our goal is to become devoted followers of Jesus Christ. He's our leader. He's the example we look to every week. We want to be more like him and less like us. So we are becoming, we are becoming this devoted follower. This series, I have to be honest with you from the start, this is a series where I'm kind of nudging you a little bit. Come here, Isaac. I'm just going to kind of show you what this message is going to be in the whole entire series. I'm going to kind of nudge you a little bit like that. I'm going to kind of knock you off center for a minute. Is that all right? (laughs) We nudge each other. He's my brother. I nudge him. He nudges me. And you know what? Sometimes in life you need nudged. And my assignment as your spiritual leader is to nudge you. So if you're a first-time guest, come back for the next series. This is a nudging series. This is where I'm nudging you to get you off center. I'm showing you a picture of what I'm about to do in the next 25 minutes. I'm bracing you for it. Don't get mad at your pastor. I got to speak what he says speak, not what you want me to speak. And not even what I want to speak because I'm going to be honest, this isn't my most popular message. I really would like you saying, that's good, preach, white boy. But you ain't going to say it in the next 25 minutes because I'm going to nudge you. I'm going to nudge you. I'm going to get you off center because some of you been. No, you can't leave. Ushers lock the doors. 
Because some of you have been complacent long enough. Have you ever had a real friend in your life who said, hey, it's time. You got to nudge you a little bit. It's time you get your money. You've been being foolish with it. You've been spending it on stuff that doesn't matter. You ever had somebody who nudged? You ever had somebody? I got some people in my life like, hey, it's time to go back to the gym. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You ever had somebody like, a little time. Mainly your spouse, right? Nudge you like, hey, you shouldn't be spending that money. Hey, you shouldn't. I don't know if that's good to hang with that person. Like, I don't know if they're helping you or hindering you. We all need a nudge once in a while. Are you with me? What am I nudging you to remind you of your purpose, your calling, your vision for being the church? You hear me? That's why I'm nudging you. Because this, this statement right here, listen. This is what I want to talk about. God's church doesn't have a vision. God's church is the vision. God's church doesn't have a vision. God's church is the vision. God said, I'm going to use the local church to change this community. I'm going to use the local church to change the world. The local church is the only hope. That can change the world. Politics can't change it. No, no, no. The local church is the hope of the world. We're the hope of the world. And this is God's vision for the church. It's just not a place for you to sit in. It's a place that you can become a part of. Connected to. Unified with. This is God's plan. Step over, Drake. This is God's plan. The church. The church. Someone's like, who's Drake? Ask somebody. I don't know. (laughs) Google it. This is God's plan. He established the living organism called the church. He established it so that each of us are a part of the body. And Paul talks about it in Ephesians that each part is equally important and each part has a purpose and a calling. And when you're a part of the church, you're a part of the body of Christ. You're a part of the expression of God's love here on earth. You are the literal hands and feet of Jesus here on earth. We are the church. We are the church. God said, I'm going to use this vehicle to reach the hurting, the broken people of your community. The church. The church. So, God has a vision. What's called the church. You need a vision for your life. Do you know God's vision for your life? Do you know God's vision for your life? Proverbs 29, 18 says this. If people can't see what God is doing, they what? All over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most what? King James Version, most of you heard this, where there's no vision, people perish. NIV says if you don't have vision, you'll cast off restraint, meaning you don't really care how you live your life. No vision, no vision what? If you can't see what God is doing in your life, you're going to stumble all over Yourself. Now listen to this. Lean into this thought right here. Lean into this thought. Listen. Could it be that the mess of your life isn't really about the mess? Stay with me. 
isn't really about the mess. It's just the fact that you don't have something else greater than the mess to run to. No, you didn't hear that. Could it be that the mess in your life, the mess right now in your life, could it be that it's just the fact that you don't have something else greater than the mess to run? You have no vision greater than yourself, so you keep returning like a dog to its vomit back to the mess. You stumble around because there's no vision. Have you ever been in a dark room? Have you ever lost power and you're stumbling around for a flashlight, a phone or something and you hit your shin on the end table and you say, bless God. (laughs) Now you didn't say that, but I know what you said. And you're stumbling around to get your vision back, to find some kind of light that can shine in your path so that you can see where you're going. That's what he's saying in Proverbs. People that do not have vision, they stumble all over themselves and and they never find the right path. And some of you are always stumbling because you have no God-ordained vision for your life. going to nudge you. I had no vision. This is our vision here at Fuel, and this is God's vision for your life. Um, and, and, and here's where we believe firmly that you'll be most blessed, like the scripture says. If you've been around here long enough, here's our vision. We want you to know God. We want you to know him personally, intimately, personal relation, not just know of him, not just know of his book, but we want you to know him. God knows you. Now he wants you to know him. So we have a vision here, and here's what it is. It's very simple, and you'll hear it a lot, and you'll see it on the walls, and you'll see it in the worship guide, and you'll see it everywhere because this is God's vision. When you know God, we want you to find freedom because it's there that you find freedom from your hurts and hang-ups and habits, your baggage of the past. All of us have some baggage that we're pulling behind us. If we could shine a light on it, come on now. We all got some secret things in the closet, and so we want to help you to find freedom from that. Why? So you can now discover your God-given purpose. You have a purpose in you, and some of you know what it is, and some of you don't. Some of you are 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, and you still have not discovered your purpose. So therefore, you don't do the next thing, which is make a difference. When you discover your purpose, you can then move forward and make a difference here on this earth. Because we're not just here to occupy space. We're here to make a difference because we are the church. Are you with me so far? This is God's vision for your life, and we will encourage it every time we gather together. Now, if you do not follow God's vision for your life that I just laid out, you'll fall for the earthly counterfeit. Here it is. Know me. You'll live in this selfie world and think it's all about me. Let's take a selfie. Your life will be centered around you and nobody else. Why? Because you want to find fame. We have a culture that is immersed in, in, in just this It's really sickening what people do to find fame. It's really sickening what they'll do on social media. And it it filters out into our lives because we we post pictures and we, 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 a lot of us do it for likes and comments and then we put our favorite meal up. Come on now, because we want people to recognize us. And don't get under condemnation if you put your meal up last night on Facebook. But I'm I'm making a point here. We we, want to be famous. 
We do. We want to be famous. Why? So we can discover a platform for ourselves to make a dollar that's going to burn up one day. Now this right here, this right here. Now if we're honest, all of us have been there. Some of us are there right now. I've been there before. This right here is called me focused. It's me. It's all about me, myself, and I. I care about three people, me, myself, and I. (laughs) That's what we say. But if we want to line up with God's vision, it becomes a we focus. We change that M around, and it becomes a we focus. Amen? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to get your eyes off of me and onto we. Are you with me? So today... Today, I came to nudge you a little bit. Are you ready for it? Because I want you to see the we vision that God has for your life. Because no matter how long you've been coming here, you have a next step in God. You have a next step. And my assignment is just to push you a little bit for you to take that next step, for you to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in these next few minutes. Because it's so easy to get complacent. It's so easy to find ourselves stuck in the mud when we're me-centered. When we're me-centered. Check this out. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says this, For he says, In the time of my favor I've heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you now, someone say now, now. is the time of God's favor. Now, someone say now. now is the day of salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. I believe we are standing in the middle of God's favor in this church. Oh, I believe in the favor of God. It's on this church and it's on your life. And now is the time. Someone say now. Now Now is the time to act. Now is your time to act, to walk in God's favor for your life. Life. We only have a short window of opportunity. We only have a short time here on this earth to reach people for Jesus. We have a short window. And if we're not careful, we're so focused on our, 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 our family and our paying bills and our job and our kids. And that's important. That is part of your calling as parents, as moms and dads. But there is more than just that. And when we are just focused on that, we become me-centered and not we-centered. And he says, now, 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 maybe it's time. May- yeah, that sounds like a good message title. Maybe It's time. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for you. Time for what, Jacob? Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. Here's my heart. Here's my heart. That there's many of you in here today. You've been kicking the tires a little bit. You've been sitting here, some of you months, some of you years, and you're still kicking the tires. You're still kicking the tires. But today, I believe is going to be a day that you're going to look back and say, that was a defining moment in my life. That was the moment I said, maybe it's time. Someone say that with me. Maybe it's four things I want to give you, and I'll be out of your way, and you can get to KFC. Maybe it's time, number one, to commit my whole life to God. 
Maybe it's time. No, I know what you're thinking. I've committed my life to God, but some of you haven't committed your whole life to God. There's a difference. Some of you haven't given him everything. He wants every part of your life. Well, I don't know if God could handle this part of brokenness. No, no, no. He knows the brokenness, and he can handle it, and he can heal it as well. When you give it to him. It's amazing what God will do when we bring him all the broken pieces of our life. He begins to heal us. But we got to bring them to him. We got to commit fully to God. It doesn't work unless you commit your whole life. And some of you are sitting here week after week and you're miserable because you really haven't given God your all. And some of you are here to appease a family member or a spouse. And you leave here every week unhappy, unfulfilled, because you haven't truly surrendered to God. You haven't given him everything. He wants it all. Christianity does not work halfway. That's like a basketball player who says, I'm going to go to the NBA, who never picks up a basketball and goes to practice. Christianity doesn't work halfway. It's all in or nothing. It's all in. The only way you'll see the best of what God has to offer is when you commit everything to God. It's when you go all in for God. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. You'll find me when you go all in. I will be found of you, says the Lord. And when you look for me wholeheartedly, I'll find you. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Salvation is... Salvation is, listen to this, salvation is to surrender the control of my life to Jesus. I know, sounds simple, right? Hard to do, right? It is. To surrender the control of my life fully to Jesus. Do you know that God doesn't want a dating relationship with you? We are called in the word of God the bride of Christ. He wants to be married to you. He wants to be, he doesn't want you dating when you feel the feelings. I'll date you, God, but when you don't, I'm out. Huh? He wants it all. He wants it all. God can't be just on your list. He wants to be at the top of your list. I'm here to tell somebody, it's time to put God first. He said it throughout the word, Old New Testament. I want to be first. I don't want you to have no other gods before me. Your job can't be your God. Your spouse can't be your God. Your kids can't be your God. I need to be number one. Some of you got off the train right there. It's all right. Come on, come on, get back on. God wants to be first place. He doesn't just want to be a number on a list. Well, I went to church Sunday. Check. God is pleased with me. God is happy with me. No, he wants to be number one. He wants all of your life, not some of your life. He wants total control. For some of you, you went all in with God, but you haven't taken the next step to go public with your faith through baptism. I dare to say there's people in here who've been in church for years who have never been water baptized. And according to the word of God, it's your next step after you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If Jesus thought it was important to get baptized, how many know it's important for us to get baptized? John tried to tell Jesus, hey, hey, 
I, I can't baptize you. He said, no, you will baptize me. I need to be baptized. And so some of you just haven't taken that next step. It's coming up two weeks from today at the 1245. We got your T-shirt. Just bring your towel. Come on, let me dunk you. I won't hold you under long. <laughs> Sign up. It's your next step. Quit making excuses. Well, my hair. Well, this. Well, that. No, 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 no. We got bathrooms. We got hairspray. We got all that stuff for you. Got it all in the bathroom. Lotion. Yep. Those assy elbows. Come on, get them up. We got it all. Maybe it's time. Commit your whole life. Maybe it's time. I'm here to nudge you a little bit. Number two, maybe it's time to surround myself with the right relationships. Let's say that. Maybe it's time to surround myself with the right relationships. How you choose your friends will determine your future. The second most important decision in your life after Christ is who you choose to hang with. Yeah, that does include your spouse too because you're hanging with them. Who you choose to surround yourself with is so important because it's impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. It's impossible. Not going to go in all in with Christ when you got friends who are still smoking weed and you used to smoke weed with them. Not going to happen. Nope, not going to happen when you go to the bar, the honky-tonk, whatever you go to. Not going to happen when you slip into the hugger. Come on, somebody. No condemnation if you were there last night. No condemnation if you were dancing there last night. Some of you laugh, but they come here. And we welcome everyone here. I'm not joking. No condemnation. But you can't live the right life hanging out with the wrong people. There's got to be a separation at some point in your life. You got to make a decision. I got to get some new friends. I know what he said no new friends. Just Google it. (laughs) Some of you never found freedom because of this, because you keep hanging with the same circle, so you're still struggling with the addiction. You can't go back to that house. No, you can't go back to that group. Well, I'm going to witness to them. No, you're not. They're going to witness to you. And the pipe's going to be in your mouth again. It's not going to happen. You're, you're, you're not at a place where you can convert them. You're not strong enough right now. Right now. You're not strong enough right now to return to that house. You're, you're not. And some of you have never got free. Some of you still making the wrong choices. Still got bad behavior. Still got a negative view on your life, on your life and the world. Some of you ladies hanging with another lady who's been hurt by a man who puts down men. And now you're starting to put your husband down because of who you're hanging with. Who you're hanging with. Some of you are in a wrong dating relationship right now. And you know it's wrong. And you know it's taking you down the wrong path. And you know you're compromising your convictions and your integrity. And he told you he loved you just so he could get you naked. But he don't love you. He lusts you. I dare you. Text him right now and said, we done. I dare you. Go ahead. Take out your phone. We done. We done. My pastor said so. Go ahead. Put it on there. (laughs) Go ahead. I'll endorse it. I'll endorse it. 
Some of you men need to do that. We done. You're causing me to stumble. No, if that relationship doesn't draw you closer to God, then it is not the God relationship for you. If it only gets you closer to their body, it is not the God-ordained relationship that he has for you. I'll drink to that. Cheers. It's just water. Text him. Do it. She did. Right here on the front row, she just texted. I ain't playing. She just showed me. It's amazing what God will do on a Sunday. It's amazing. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's, maybe it's time for you to get a new group of friends. Well, I don't, where do I get a group? I got a great idea. Get in a small group. And by the way, when do they launch, Isaac? Today. Oh, today. Today. Start to get around people who are like-minded. I didn't say perfect people because there are no perfect people allowed here. Not at this church. We're not perfect. We're just striving to become devoted followers of Jesus. We're striving to become the church that he called us to be. Get around some people who are like-minded. Get around some people that, that are, you can do life with, that, that you can go to when you're hurting and you're lost and when you're trying to find freedom and get all the skeletons out of the closet. Get someone you can confide to. Get someone that will pray with you when you go into surgery. Get someone that will be there when your child's sick. Get a group of people around you to strengthen you. Boy, this is better at the 11 o'clock. This probably will make the podcast. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise, come wise. If you're struggling in your money, cut out the people who want to eat out three times a day and get Starbucks six times a week. If you're trying to get out of debt, cut out those people that waste their money. Walk with the wise, become wise. If your marriage is hurting, get away from people who are cheating on their spouse. Walk with the wise, become wise. But a companion, what does it say? Associate with fools. Oh, I like that version better. Associate with fools and you'll get in trouble. It's not like deep revelation or anything. I mean, we could go back to elementary when your, ki- your parents told you, stop hanging with Johnny. He threw rocks at my car, right? Hmm? Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to get a new group of friends. Number three, it'll get better. Maybe it's time to discover my God-given purpose. Let's say this together. Maybe it's time to discover my God-given purpose. Some been sitting in these chairs long enough. I'm here to nudge you today and tell you, you were created not to just exist, but to do something. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to what? To do what? Which God what? God already prepared a gift inside of me, inside of you, inside of you, that he prepared in advance for you? You mean there's something inside me that God wants me to do? Hmm? Did you see this? We, 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 we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do. Not to sit, to do something. 
Thank God we're not saved by works. Oh, we're not saved by works. Some of you were taught that. Well, if you come to church enough, if you give enough, if you read your Bible enough. Oh, did you pray this week? Oh, did, did you? Oh, you're not in right standing with God. No, no, no. Because of what Jesus did in this wonderful gift of grace he's given us, we got what we didn't deserve. We got the grace of God, and we are not saved by works. But when we get saved, works follow the believer. They follow the believer. They follow the believer. This is good preaching. So we're created to do good things. I'll be honest with you. The happiest people I know aren't the ones without problems, but they are the ones that are living out their purpose. Happiest people I know don't have big houses, don't have big incomes, but they are the ones that are living out their, some of them are on this dream team and they are happy and they got more problems than you can shake a stick at. They make your problems look like this, but they come in here with the joy of the Lord. They come in here because they have discovered their God-given purpose and they're ready to make a difference in somebody's life. They're ready. They're ready. They're ready. Maybe it's time to quit saying, I don't have anything to offer. I really, I'm, I'm really nobody. Maybe it's time you quit saying they don't need me. And maybe it's time to fulfill your God-given purpose that he put inside you. Either God is lying or he's telling the truth, folks. He put something in you. We want to help you to discover that here at Fuel Church. That's why we have next steps. This Saturday, love for you to be at it, to help you. We're going to help you to discover your purpose. Why? So you can make a difference. So you can make a difference. So you can realize life is just more about, you know, cleaning up these kids' face and paying bills. Come on now. There's more to life than that. That's part of it, but there's so much more. You can start making a difference. Maybe it's time for you to not just attend church, but to be the church. I close with this fourth point. Maybe it's time to live my life doing something that matters. Let's say this together. Maybe it's time to live my life doing something that matters. We need to know that time is short. We need to know we just lost seconds. We'll never get back. Your life just got shorter. We need to know that time is short. That we need to do something that makes a difference. I try to live my life with a sense of urgency, knowing time is short. I don't want to have regrets. I, I, I don't want to. I have a lot to do that God has called me to do. He's put a lot of dreams and vision in my life. And I, I can't slow down. I, I can't take a break because time is short. And there's people that need to hear of the hope found in Jesus. And there's people that you know and you work with and you live with and you neighbor with that need to know Jesus. Time is short. Time is short. I hope I have enough time to do what I'm called to do. I hope. I pray. But we've got a short amount of time to make this life count and to make the biggest eternal impact that we can make. Because Psalms 90, 12 says this, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. How are you spending your time? We all have the same amount of currency when it comes to time. How are you spending your time? 
Are you spending it with no vision, stumbling all around? Are you spending it in a dark room, not knowing where you're going? Is that what your marriage looks like? Is that what your finances look? Is that what your future, your job looks like? How are you spending your time? Because you just lost more seconds since I started talking about it. Time is short. As your pastor, my goal each Sunday is to get your perspective on eternity. To remind you that there are only really a few things that matter. I get 75 minutes out of your 10,080 minutes you have each week. I get 75 minutes here. So my assignment is to... Okay, you've been out in this world, you've been seeing temporal things, you, you, you've been around people who are just concerned about their life, and i got to get your perspective back to eternal things. Because I've really found there's only a few things that really matter. There's only a few things that really matter. There's only a few things in life that really matter. God matters. God matters. Some of you are going to encounter him today because you're going to commit your whole life. God matters. Number two, people matter. People matter, don't they? You matter. Your neighbors matter. Your friends matter. The, the, the lost coworkers, they matter. They matter to God and they matter to us. So God matters. People matter. And you know what else matters? Eternity matters. Eternity matters. Eternity is real. And it matters That's really the most important things right there that matter in life. Everything else is trivial. Everything else will will be gone one day, but we, we will have a line greeting us in heaven with the people that we impacted, the people that we said mattered, the people we invited to fuel during at the movies and they gave their life to you. We're going to have a line. How long is your line going to be of people greeting you? Or how short is it going to be? Because it will happen one day. People will come up in heaven and say, thank you for giving to the Lord. Thank you for serving on that dream team. Thank you for being faithful to bring your tithe and offering to God's house. Because of that, I was a life that was changed. People matter. Eternity matters. That's why we tithe. That's why we serve. That's why we do it. We're not here just to have numbers. My goal was never to build a big church. My goal was to build big people. Numbers only matter when they represent a life change. We've been accused of a lot of things here lately. I love it. There's new accusations every week. (laughs) It's funny. They say, oh, they're all about the numbers. You better believe we are. We're obsessed with the number because it represents a life change, a marriage restored, a teenager who came to God, a body that was healed, a marriage that was restored. We are obsessed. Put it on social media. Tweet it out. We're obsessed because it represents a life change. It represents a life change, and that's what matters. People matter. Eternity matters. It matters. It matters so much more. We get so tunnel vision, like the horse with the blinders on during the race. Just me focused instead of we focused. What if this would happen? I just dream a little bit. Just dream with me a little bit. Just indulge me for just a second, and I'll lay in this plane. What what, what if this would happen? So in our church right now, there's a little over 1,000 people who call this place home. In our church right now, 15% of the people, about 150 or give or take, 150 of the people, Do all the giving and serving. Do all the giving and serving. Serve on the dream team and bring their tithes and offerings in here, about 15%. What would happen? 
What would happen? Just dream with me for a little bit. If you started saying, you know what? God matters, people matter, and eternity matters. I'm going to make a difference. I'm not just going to be so focused on getting stuff and accumulating a bigger house. a big. No, I'm going to make an eternal difference. Because can I tell you one day that ain't going to matter? Only thing that matters is what we do for eternity. Only thing that matters, parents, is you train those kids in the way they should go. Oh, yeah, they matter. They matter that you bring them to God's house and you set a priority for when they're old, they won't depart from the faith because the word of God has been sown in their heart. That's why it's so important for you to bring your kids to church to get your students plugged in because that word will flourish in their life. What what would happen if you said eternity matters? And I don't understand everything, what God has established about this giving thing, but count me in. I want to be a part of reaching people. I think about what we do as a church and how much more we could do if people would say eternity matters, people matter. I, I just think about it. So pray for me as I think about it. Pray that that dream comes to pass because I have a lot of dreams to build other campuses and put them all over the state of Indiana. Oh, but 15% is not going to do it. This isn't a money. I'm not taking up an offering, so don't get nervous. I've seen some guy grabbing his wallet in the back. (laughs) I'm just trying to get you folks. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for you to actually tithe. I'm going to say it. Maybe it's time. I didn't establish it. God did. Ask him what you should do. He'll tell you. He'll tell you in his word. He will. Maybe it's time, church. I just want to nudge you as your pastor. Next week, it may get a little better. I don't know. It will. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Lord, we thank you. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me in Jesus' name. It's simple as that. And I encourage you to find a good local church. If, if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.